Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. Let's go to early 1950s Florida. Steamy. Florida. This week we are doing my pick, which is the quintessential Paul Newman movie. Cool Cool hand. And Luke. It was made in 1967, and it's a Warner Brothers joint. Two hours and six minutes of Paul Newman. Mm. Particulars? All the particulars. So, it was directed by Stuart Rosenberg. He also directed... He did a lot of directing for television. He also directed the Amityville Horror, Brubaker, Question 7, and Murder, Inc., he also directed Alfred Hitchcock Presents and Twilight Zone episodes. And Cool Hand Luke was his third motion picture and maybe like his first big Hollywood picture. It was produced by Gordon Carroll, who uh, did all the Aliens movies like Alien, Aliens, Alien vs. Predator, oh. Aliens 3. The screenplay was by Don Pierce, based from his novel, Cool Hand Luke. That was his first novel. Um, it was also, because he was a, this was his first attempt at a screenplay, so then they also brought in this other guy to help out. This guy, Frank Pearson. Um, he wrote a lot of things. Okay. Um, but he also directed and wrote something that is very important to us, which I thought was weird, like the universe being weird of like, whoa, really? He directed the 1976 and he co-wrote the 1976 A Star is Born. What? Mm-hmm. He also wrote Dog Day Afternoon. He whoa. wrote on one of the greatest, I think television series that's great and you should go back and check it out called the good wife he also wrote on mad men oh so this guy like like this guy has bona fides you, you go Definitely. through his and you're like oh he he worked on this and this it's starring of course as luke jackson the <sighs> paul newman this was because this in his chronology yeah this is before butch and sundance yes and after cat on a hot tin roof Mm -hmm. he is 42 in this film either 41 or 42 depending on when it was actually filmed it doesn't matter i couldn't believe it because i thought man um also starring george kennedy he plays dragline you know this guy He's a one, he's a that guy. He was in Airport, Mikhail's Navy, The Dirty Dozens. And I was like, I was reading his biography, you know, his filmography. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do I know him from Dirty Dozens? I mean, I've seen The Dirty Dozens, but it's not like I watched The Dirty Dozens a whole bunch. But this guy's got this face that makes me feel like I, I watched this face a whole bunch of times. Where do I know this face from? And then I was like, oh, he was Captain Ed Hawken in the Naked Gun series. Oh, he was always a smartass. Yeah. 
Um, also, Strother Martin, he played the captain. He was in The Man Who Shot Liberty Vance. He was also in Butch and Sundance. And again, mm -hmm. hairs on my arm standing up. He had an uncredited role in 1954's A Star is Born. Whoa, this is just weird. I, that's what I say. Oh, it's pointing us to the new one. It, also, Joan Von Fleet. She played Arleta or Arletta. She was in yeah. East of Eden, Mod Squad, um, Bonanza. She was just like everywhere for a period of time. Mm -hmm. Dennis Hopper is also in it. A very young Dennis Hopper. Very young Dennis Hopper. And uh, Henry Dean Stanton is also in it. A very young Henry Dean Stanton. The music is by... What did he play? Who, did, who was Henry Dean Stanton? Henry Dean Stanton was the guy that sings. He was the The, the guitar player? Yeah. Okay. The guitar player. The music is by Lalo Schriffen. Shri okay. I probably butchered that. But this guy, um, everybody knows the Mission Impossible theme. Yeah, do, that do, was him. Do, 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 he also do, do, did. Mm -hmm. Sounded like it to me. It, it did. You nailed it. <laughs> he also did Bullet, Enter the Dragon, the Dirty Harry series. Like, this guy is legit. The director of photography, our old friend Connie... Conrad Hall, remember? Uh, welcome he, back, Connie. Yeah, he did Butch and Sundance and like all these other crazy movies. So you're like, this. And when you watch it, you're like, of course it was Conrad Hall. This movie looks fucking fantastic. Yeah. He had to work. At first, he wasn't get. he had to do the shots a couple times because he wasn't quite highlighting highlighting the blue eyes enough yeah there was he getting, got that down though it was getting the studio notes they're like nope do it again we need to we need the the peepers to pop oh and they did and then it was edited by sam osteen s-t-e-e-n mm -hmm. listen to this guy's run that he had he edited who's afraid of virginia wolf this movie cool hand lou the graduate rosemary's baby Chinatown, and then he did Working Girl, and basically all of the Mike Nichols movies, like Postcards from the Edge, oh, like wow. everything. <clears throat> so this guy definitely knows what he's doing. They're the particulars. Well, Cool Hand Luke. Now, this was taken from a novel. There, there really was a guy named Cool Hand Luke in the prison system in Florida, but but their stories were different. Because Luke, our Luke, he doesn't do anything really bad. And that one did, did robberies and such. <laughs> that cool hand Luke was a rapist. <laughs> well, I don't know. We don't okay, know. so we start with a close-up of a parking meter that says violation. And we see hands on a huge wrench, and um, you see him, he's actually just taking the tops of the parking meters off on a stretch of road in Florida. And you can tell he's drunk. He's he, Just like at the very beginning of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. And like the very beginning of The Verdict, which 
I had to then Google, was Paul Newman an alcoholic? <laughs> and he was not. Well, there was a book that came out in 2009 that was kind of like, he was a functioning alcoholic. Well, functioning. Who is it? Am I right? That's how I... <laughs> Wait, let, let the ice cubes swirl. <clears throat> and that's how he knew to use those eye drops in the verdict. Yeah. Oh, look. Who we we don't really care. I just thought that it was funny because yeah, there true. I was like, man, this is another cold opening of a film where Paul Newman is drunk. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and then what oh, remember the verdict Paul Newman no, Robert Redford didn't want to play the part because right. he wanted to change it and not have him be an alcoholic. Right. And Paul hmm. Newman was like, "Nah, man." I can do it. Yeah. But then you got you got to think that that would just be more fun to play. Yeah. You know. Well, he um, he sits down and he actually wears a bottle opener around his neck so he can open his beers. Well, the police come up and they go to him. uh, You know, it's just vandalism. It's not like, you know, armed robbery or. Repay. So uh, the police go, you better come with us. So the next scene is a work crew on the side of the road. And um, they were having to use um, manual labor to clear the side of the road. Where Now you see the guys on the riding mowers. But this was what the work crew did. And think about that in Florida. It's a chain gang. Man, they were sweating. Yeah. But you don't see Paul in that chain gang. There's a reason. Mm -hmm. So uh, a truck pulls up and then you see Paul and a couple other guys getting up. Yeah. And it establishes that this is a this is a tightly monitored chain gang because like they have their shirts on. If they want to take their shirts off, they got to go taking it off, boss. And the boss is like, you can take it off. Like, everything that they do, if they want to have some water, they got to be like, water break, boss. Any yeah. any sudden movement, anything, they got to yell it out to get the boss's yeah. approval. Even, like, uh, Wayne Rogers was in it, and um, he had glasses on. He had to say he was going to wipe his glasses. Wait. Wiping glasses. Who is that guy? Because to me, I was like, that's Will Ferrell. No, he did look like Will Ferrell. He was Wayne Rogers. He was in uh, MASH, the TV series. That's right. I was like, why do I know this guy? Mm-hmm. And then I looked up the, when I was looking up the actors, none of it, none of the names popped. And I couldn't mm-hmm. remember what character he played. But I was like, who is the guy? I know that face of the guy. I know he's not Will Ferrell, but I know that face. Yeah. He's got the curly hair of Will Ferrell. Yeah. And he tall. So um, they get out of the truck. They have these, they're four guys. They have like nice, decent shirts on. They had not, not the prison uniform yet. And the dogs are howling. They're they're bloodhounds that just bark constantly. And they go up to this house. Well, that's where the boss is, the the captain of this uh, prison facility. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not like a prison prison. It's like a, a dormitory type, a barracks type place. Yeah, because so they're out there. They're working the Florida country lands and the roads. Right. It's, a, it's like it's a work camp. 
it's a work camp. It's not a, a full security prison. Mm -hmm. But the captain is telling him, hey, all you got to do is follow the rules. And, uh, you know, we have these rules and you follow them, you're going to be fine. And uh, you learn the rules. That's up to you. Either we can do this the easy way or the hard way. Pretty much what I tell every class I go into. <laughs> you go, you're like, now nah, this is my name and you will refer to me as captain. And there's two ways to do these. You do it my way or you and go happy. and you, you sit in the closet. That's, exactly. That's your box. I'll put you in the box, I tell you. Put I'll you put in you in the, the box. box. Well, the captain sees Lucas Jackson and he's smiling, that gorgeous smile. Oh, he's got that smirk, and, just that Paul Newman smirk. And the captain doesn't like that. And yeah. he goes, so what are you thinking? And he goes, I wasn't thinking. And he goes, well... You're you're a silver star, bronze star, several. Oh wait, 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 because because they go they're going through like the the newbies. I think there's maybe four of them, and this one guy had like robbery, and this other guy, and he gets to him because he's smirking and he looks and he's you know he's like oh Lucas Jackson, what, what like I think his crime was something like of destruction of pro private property. And he's like, what the hell is that? And he was like, I was cutting the meters off the head. The head, the meter heads off of the meters. And I was like, what the hell is that? It's like, well, he said I, there wasn't anything else to do. Yeah, like there's all I want. And so then he, he runs down and the audience hears his past. So he was in the war. And he was a silver star recipient, a bronze star recipient. And he had several Purple Hearts. So he's he's a hero. He's a bona fide war hero. And this, if it's taking place in the early 50s, so then this is World War II. Yeah. And, but then here's the rub. So he's got all these medals. And then he says, you went in as a private. And after all these medals and all your time served, you came out the same way you came back in, the same way you came in as a buck private. So then... Because he doesn't follow rules. Yeah, so then you're like, oh, this guy, he's running his own race. Yeah, it's on his terms. He has two years to serve. Then you see the sign for the camp call. It's the Division, division of Corrections. And they are in their barracks thing. And the, um, the floor walker, that's his job, is the guard, says, you know, you, you break any infraction, you spend the night in the box. And these, I guess these prisons were segregated? Because mm -hmm. this is all white criminals. Mm -hmm. Yep. So uh, the floor walker's name is Carl. At this point, the road crew comes back. That's where George Kennedy is. And they were hot and sweaty. And they come in and George Kennedy sees new meat. He goes, ah, we got four 
new meat, guys, oh, and yeah. they're going to shape up fast. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody knows that feeling because you've always, you've either been, everybody knows both sides of it. You've been the new meat where you're the new person going into something and there are cliques that are formed and you have to sort of navigate that. And everybody's been in the clique and been established and the new people come in and you're like, who are these people? What are they right. all about? Right. And they better figure out uh, that George Kennedy is in charge. Yeah. He runs well, shit. Paul Newman laughs at that. And so uh, George Kennedy is not impressed. And so he starts calling him no ears because he's not listening. And Paul Newman goes, well, I haven't heard anything to listen to. Ooh, sick burn. So then the, the established guys all sit down to play poker, but Paul Newman doesn't play. And then we have a young Dennis Hopper, and he seems to be maybe mentally challenged. Well, at one point, and I thought this was his name, because I was like, well, it's 1967. But at one point, they did refer to him as Coconut Head. <laughs> well, he's, he's sitting by his bunk saying prayers. And so they laugh at him. Doing weird, doing the weird Dennis Hopper thing, too. He has his hands all weird, and you just know, you're like, ah, man, this is the beginning. Dennis Hopper, you're going to be Dennis Hoppering things up for years to come. So, you know, you know what he was, first he had his hands like prayers. Then he made him into the, this, this is the church, this is the steeple, open the doors and see all the people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, a couple of guys have chains on. Not everybody has the leg chains on, but a couple of them do. And um, the first night, the Carl, the floor walker, turns off all the light bulbs except the one right by Paul Newman's bunk. Ah. Just an interesting thing. But he doesn't say a word. He just, he just rolls over and goes to sleep. Well, he rolls over. I don't know if he, how much he goes to sleep because because you hear the, the way that the way that old Connie set up the shot. You see the light and you you see Paul Newman and you hear the buzz, the and it's annoying and you're like, I couldn't fall asleep with that. And you know he's well. Plus, you're to. new to this place. You don't know what's going to happen to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta watch your back. Don't drop the soap, Paul Newman. You're a really pretty man. He was really pretty man. Okay, so next morning they are falling out to get in the truck to go to um go to new, work. Yeah. The road gang. And Dennis Hopper has an airplane made out of sticks. And I guess they all have like a little locker and he's putting that away. I thought something was gonna happen with that, but oh, that went nowhere. I didn't even notice that. I guess it was just to show that he's a Coconut little infantile. Head. Yeah. Okay. Well, we we get in touch with one guard who has mirrored aviator glasses on. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't say a word. And I'm thinking to myself at this point, I bet this guy's in the clan. Oh, he looked very clammy. I'm just like, his backstory, when he's not setting out here, he's going to clan meetings, planning cross burnings and intimidation and shit. 
And such. Well, the trucks pull out, and one of the newbies is the guy who played um, the dad on the Waltons. Oh, really? Is he the one that was um, high society? He yeah. when he was they were driving and he was like, man, I used to drive up and down these roads to go visit clients and shit. That was yeah. him. Oh. Yeah, and he just can't stop talking because he's nervous. And they're like, oh man, get over yourself and shut up. Well, they but well, also he, you know, most of these guys they they come from nothing. That's how they kind of ended up where they ended up in life. And here's this guy. Who they? I think he got caught doing some sort of white collar crime, so they automatically don't like him because you know he's Mister Highfalutin. Like, would you? You made it. Would you go and get yourself, you know, thrown in here for? Okay, so then there's a guy named Coco. Well, they get out of the truck, and Coco is saying, "Yeah, you guys have to be in the ditch today. I got the I got the broom detail." So I am so lucky I have this broom detail. And so then they start saying, well, um, I'll, I'll pay you if, if you'll trade places with me. And um, so finally it ended up that Papa Walton was the one who had, had traded. He said, you know, I'm not in shape. Uh, I, I'm a white collar dude. So let me do it. So evidently they paid, he paid Coco money. So they get out of the truck. And everybody's handed their little instruments to, to cut the grass with. And Papa Walton says to the guard, um, no, see, I got broom detail. And the guy goes, get your get your tool. I, I got broom detail. They're going, yeah, yeah you got tuck, dude, because there is no broom detail. And get out there and, and do the job like everybody else. Mm. And so... Um, they're working, and one of the new new guys collapses. Well, yeah, because he said that was that Henry Dean Stanton. No, it was a blonde dude. Oh, because he said he was like, "Oh man, I'm not in good shape." <laughs> yeah. Well, he looks like he's going to collapse a couple times, but he doesn't. They um, they put this guy back in the truck, so he gets to pretty much sleep off the day. I didn't understand. Oh, but then he gets put in the box when they get back. No, I thought Coco got put in the box. Yeah, so he, like, didn't even get anything happen to him? But I think he got, I think he was probably looked down upon by the rest of the group. Yeah, that's true. And you didn't want that. Yeah. Well, then they have a lunch break. They have beans and cornbread. And I wrote sweat. Everybody is sweating buckets. Yeah, but that cornbread did look pretty tasty to me. (laughs) Well, sunglasses, dude, makes them all get back to work. And also, the beans looked pretty. I was like, that's a nice lunch there, guys. I bet that that's not. And then I said, were those beans? I would be the one going, excuse me. Were these beans cooked in a pressure cooker (laughs) first? No, no. All right. I guess today's my cheat day. <laughs> well, I get is Godfrey sunglasses, dude. I, I believe he is. I don't know. I just know I call him sunglasses, dude, the whole time. Yeah. And he tells one little dude to run and get the rifle from the truck. So this is like a little gopher dude. He runs and gets the rifle. Yeah, brings he's, it the, to him. he's the teacher's pet. The rest of the guys don't like him because 
he's the... Well, he, he does what the guards tell him to do. Look, and when so- I was watching this, I was, I was making comparisons in my head because they were a chain gang. They're sweating. They're doing work while white guys with guns are watching them. So I instantly went to slavery Oh, and I was like the little that little dude. He's the house slave like guy, except he isn't wearing like the nice house slave attire. Right. But he 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 basically has that to the other guys. You know, he's not digging the ditch. He's serving them the water. He's running and fetching the guy's gun. Exactly. Well, I have a comparison to another movie we saw, but I'm not getting to it yet. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, he gets the rifle. He kills a bird. He just looks up in the sky and shoots it right out of the sky. And he got um, a dead eye. He got a dead eye. And I think George Kennedy goes, don't he ever talk? And Paul Newman says, I think he just said something. Because mm-hmm, he, he's showing the new people and everybody else who might have forgot. You you go, you go try to think anything. I got this rifle and I can shoot anything I want. I'm not going to miss. Right. Sort of like Sundance. Yeah. Okay. Well, then they're getting in the truck to go home. And, and Papa Walton, man, he's hurting. And Paul Newman tells George Kennedy, you owe him a drink. Yeah, because didn't we say how he um, he got took? Cause he, yeah, he got took. Yeah. And then he, he, didn't do, uh, he didn't work as hard as everybody else. So when they get back to the, the camp, he's put in the box. Yeah. Because he didn't work hard enough. Well, because he mouthed off. It isn't even like it's a combination. But the thing is, is that he was like, you're putting you think that you get to, to decide what it, your duties are. And that's not how it goes. Like, you, you know, that's why you're going in the box. So he has to strip naked and they have to put on the like old timey nightgown thing. Night shirt. Like yeah. a long night shirt. They put two buckets in. I don't know. Like, what's the second bucket for? Well, the covered one is for your poop. Yeah. Well, the other one is for your pee. But I don't understand why there's two buckets. Why wouldn't you just all go in one bucket? Well, because every time you pee, you don't want to lift the lid off of that. Oh, because they're guys. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't trust me. In this environment, you don't sit down to pee. <laughs> I just didn't understand. I thought it would just be the one bucket. So I'm like, what's the second bucket for? Okay. Well, Paul Newman climbs into his upper bunk and he's exhausted. And George Kennedy goes, oh, it was the hard road got to Mr. Lucas. He wore hero today. And then George Kennedy is, is like, well, you know, uh, Papa Walton, he's not in the box because of the joke. I, we played on him. No, no. He's got to learn the rules. And Paul Newman goes, yeah, the guards need all the help they can get. Mm-hmm. So by George Kennedy going, uh, yeah, you guys got to learn the rules. That's exactly what the, the guards want the head of the prison to be telling them. 
Yeah, play by the rules. It'll make it easier on the guards. Oh, and also, he, Dragline, who's George Kennedy, says something to Paul Newman about being a war hero. And Paul Newman goes, well, where'd you hear that from? And that's how Paul Newman knows that Dragline talks to the guards. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why the light bulb was left on by his bunk. Because George Kennedy is telling him, hey, this one, we got to break this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, next day, back at the ditch. They're, they're by a house. And this blonde comes out of the house. And she's going to wash the old jalopy. And it's, it's what, um, was that Burger King that had the, the advertisement of the girls washing cars? Oh, it sounds like a Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. would always have the supermodels doing. Yeah. So things. that was pretty much, whoa. And um, she knew exactly what she was doing. <laughs> by the chain gang and she had a very small dress on very large very, begonias. very small dress very tight only a safety pin was holding those begonias into the top of that dress i'm just gonna say that's not how i wash my car but <laughs> <laughs> and i want to thank you <laughs> You know, everyone does their own thing. I'm like, man, my neighbors must be very disappointed. (laughs) And George Kennedy's calling her Lucille because anybody looking that fine needs a name like Lucille. And and the guys are going, she doesn't know what she's doing to us. And Paul Newman goes, she knows exactly what she's doing. Mm -hmm. So that was a provocative scene. So then next they're in the shower. Who's D.H., I wonder? Uh, oh, Dennis Hopper is singing Old MacDonald Has a Farm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, someone calls him a moron. And they push. And I remember thinking, guys, this is dangerous. We're, yeah. You're in the shower. Right after they've seen this blonde. Ooh. Somebody okay. could well, slip the floor walker fall. comes by. And um, George Kennedy keeps whispering about Lucille. Ooh. Did you see? Oh, he just keeps talking about Lucille. And Paul Newman goes, forget it, man. Leave it alone. It's not doing anybody any good. And George Kennedy tells him, save your strength. You're going to need it tomorrow. And then we had a close up of the fan, the exhaust fan in this barracks. Why was that, Aaron? Uh, I don't know. It was a long close-up of that fan and those blades going around. So it had to be symbolic of something. Well, there's a lot of Christian symbology in this. A lot in this one. Okay. So um, the next day, oh, I guess guess their little talk back and forth about stop talking about Lucille. I'm going to keep talking about Lucille came out that they would be boxing each other tomorrow. That's why he needed to get, um, keep up his strength for tomorrow. Oh yeah. Because in, in the rules and stuff, um, there was no like, uh, fist to cuffing and horse roughing around. If, if you had a problem with another inmate, then I think on Saturday, whatever, they had a day of the week set aside and you would go out and fight in a fight, you know? 
Now, George Kennedy was a large man. Mm-hmm. Barrel-chested. Barrel-chested, t- t- uh, like a head taller than Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. And so George Kennedy is beating the hell out of him. And all the other prisoners are standing around in a circle watching. And all the guards are watching. Mm-hmm. And finally, the other prisoners are sta- saying to him, just stay down. Because he keeps you know? getting knocked down. But, you know, Cool Hand Luke just keeps on. Well, at this point, he's just Luke. Keeps on getting up. And they're like, yeah, just he's- stay down. Like, he's de- like, what are you doing? He As long as you stay down he's not it's over but if you keep getting up he's just gonna punch you back down and it got to the point where george kennedy didn't really want to hit him anymore so george kent instead of luke paul newman giving up george kennedy has to give up because he's just like this isn't even fun anymore this is sad because because george kennedy finally says to him stay down you're beat and paul newman goes you're going to have to kill me. Yeah, because, hello, in case news flash about Luke, you can't tell him nothing. You can't tell him nothing. But that night he earns the respect of everybody. Oh. This move. is where I'm going to compare him to. Do you know what I'm going to say? No. William Holden. In Bridge Over the River Kwai. Oh, he's, yeah. He's like the Jesus that keeps everybody else going. Yeah, he he kind of is that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But William Holden in Bridge Over the River Kwai, he, his thing was all about, um, like, his stubbornness was rooted in rules in like oh no bank these are the rules the rules are that you have to treat the officers you know do different things and you're not going to do obey the rules so i i don't like that and paul newman's cool hand luke his is basically just anti-authority like he oh yeah if if you, if nobody, if they had just dropped him off and hadn't told him anything, he would have been fine. <laughs> they wouldn't right. have had any problem with him. But because they told, like in the fight, if if nobody had said anything to him about like, oh, just stay down, he eventually probably would have stayed down. But because they were like, what are you doing? Like, he's 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 a contrarian, and that I takes one to know one yeah no truer words were ever spoken <laughs> i i just i i knew i was like oh man paul newman you're you're only doing this because you're they told they specifically told you not to <laughs> i get it <laughs> oh i get it so that night in the barracks they're playing poker and this time paul newman is playing poker and he has a hand and he keeps I mean, they're they're playing. I guess everybody got five dollars. Yes. They came in with five dollars, so they're playing with nickels and dimes and pennies. Well, every time that it's time to raise, he raises a dollar. Yeah, so yeah, so he's he's that guy. Everybody, you know, everybody's kind of playing, but he's Mister like raising at a dollar. Like, all right, money bags. And what then they're doing? going. Oh, I. 
he he's got to have he's got to have a pair of kings. And also keep in mind, he just got his ass beat. Yeah. But so he keeps raising a dollar, and finally they just have to call. They have to call it, and um, he has nothing. He has a hand of nothing. And he says, sometimes nothing can be a real cool hand. Oh, and dragline George Kennedy loves that. He's like, this guy had nothing. He bluffed you all the way, took all your money. And he says the line. And then he's just like, oh, that my man. Because dragline, it's established that no one has a name until dragline gives you a name. So then right. Dragon's like, you're cool here, Luke. There you go. Okay, next day the chain gang uh, comes back and it's visitor's day. And they say, Luke, you have a visitor. Um, come on out. And he's going, he what? walks out, he doesn't see anybody. He goes, boss, there's, there's nobody here for me. Come on out. You have to go to the truck over there. Well, in the truck bed is Arletta. And we find out that Arletta is his mama. And she is dying of lung cancer as she uh, chain smokes. <laughs> She's got a bed in the, in the trunk bed. I must she say. Has radio there. She got her cigarettes and her, and her um, ashtray. That's they have netting on the top uh, that goes all the way around it so the bugs won't bother her. This is how <laughs> I would like to travel to Richmond. <laughs> well, it ain't happening. <laughs> Just lay it up in the bed. She has like a table and stuff next to her. Well, I was, I was like, man, I'd like to travel like that down yeah. to Richmond. Just laying out. And um, so then she's saying that there was a lot of dialogue that went on here that I didn't write all of it down, but it was because it was heavy and I kind of I wanted to pay attention because mm -hmm. she was talking about, you know, he had she had two sons. One was John, I think, and one was Luke. And she was saying, you know, uh, we, we we're like dogs. Uh, there comes a time when a bitch don't recognize the pups no more. So she's saying sometimes the ma I'm going to get to the point where I'm not even going to recognize my babies anymore because I got the cancer. Well, and also he when he goes over to see her, they tracked him down. So he hadn't seen them in a while. And he and because he was like, how did you find me? And I think they found him some way with, like, the courts and stuff, like, once he got into the system. Right. So, this, this, uh, this old cool hand Luke, I'm just going to take a stab in the dark and just say he's got the PTSD. Oh, yeah. And I don't even know if it's from the war or from his life, because he never knew his daddy. He said he said that he said, I wish I could have known him. Well, because she said that he was hilarious. Yeah, he, he wasn't a, a perfect husband, but boy, he could make her laugh. And she starts laughing and then she has to go into a coughing fit because mm -hmm. she doesn't have any lungs left. And so she's saying that she wishes she could have done better by her boys. And he's going, oh, you've done your best, Arletta. I mean, first of all, he's calling his mother Arletta mm -hmm. and not mom. So that says something. 
And then she says, I guess I just got to love you and let you go. And she says, because when you get out, I'll be gone. And she starts coughing again. Well, and also, she, oh, go ahead. Then she tells him she's leaving her little farm to John, the brother, because John knew that he she always favored Luke. So she's got to give him something. Yeah, because she always. Plus, he's not in prison. Yeah, so Luke was always her favorite because he was always mischievous and he always, you know, you couldn't tell Luke nothing. And I'm guessing you probably couldn't tell Arlita nothing either. And that's why Arlita was kind of like, oh, Luke, you're going to have a rough life because nobody could tell me nothing and nobody could tell you nothing. But John, you could tell John plenty. And so uh, the whistle that indicates that visiting time is gone blows. And so he goes, you got to go. And Arlette is crying. So he comes around the truck and his brother John is the one who drove her. And he gives Paul Newman his banjo and says, now you got nothing to come back for. In other words, this is it. Never going to see you again. Don't want to. Yeah. And John, like, I I just had to surmise that they were brothers because there was no sort of brotherly interaction between the two at all. Yeah, they didn't like each other at all. But they were like, you know, polar opposites. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah, brown hair, brown eyes, not adorable. And as this is going on, um, the the singing inmate in is singing near my Lord today. Near yeah. my God today. Yeah, Henry Dean Stanton. Henry Dean Stanton. Okay, next scene, it's the chain game. Wait, the Ma. sun is set. I, it I'm just sorry. occurred to me the symbology. Is that a word? It is now. We'll go with it. He never knew his father, just like Jesus. Oh. What? Mind blown. The tomb was, was empty. empty. Okay, it's the chain gang, the sun is setting. So um, there's lots of scenes where it's just the sun setting on the chain gang to let you know it's been another day. Oh, but it looks beautiful. Connie Hall. Yeah, it was pretty. Oh, the the humidity. So the next day, they, because they have been working so good for the captain, they have a great job day ahead of them today they get to tar a new road what now in this day and age if you tar a road you there's like a like a a roller what's that called like the flat roller. roller yeah yeah that you know you put you put the gravel and the tar all together and you and you steamroll it nice and flat mm-hmm. well in this situation they have sand all along the the road on the sides the tar machine comes puts the wet tar down you know how hot that stuff is and they have to um use shovels to throw sand on top of the tar and make sure no tar is still showing why because that will adhere adhere the sand to the tar that makes a paved road but any tar that's left there is going to get stuck on um 
the the tires of the vehicles that go by. So wait, wait, wait. So then the that's what I didn't understand that about this scene because they there's the tar and it's going down and then they're shoveling the sand over it and then they just like leave the sand there and then the cars go over the sand but it's like a flat sand. Yes. You had to have the sand over the tar that it that adheres it that that becomes a paved road then. Oh. Okay. So, um I lost my place. Okay, so it's pretty much uh, an impossible task because they have to do it all in one day. An entire road in one day, and they're gonna get tired, and it stinks. There's a lot of smoke. Have you ever smelled wet tar? Disgusting. I, I have. And sunglasses, dude, is walking down the middle of the road after the sand is there to make sure that no tar is left exposed. Mm-hmm. Well. Paul decides to make it a little competition. Let's see how fast we can get this done. How fast and how well we can get this done. And they're all going, oh, let's make it a game. Okay, okay. So they get this road done, and they still have two hours left. Mm -hmm. And they're having fun, too. And they're getting this done, but... Uh, old No Eyes, he doesn't like this, and the gu- none of the guards like this because no. they're moving fast and they're doing a good job and they're having fun. And newsflash: this is a chain gang. This is punishment. These are prisoners. They shouldn't. There's no. They shouldn't be laughing and smiling while they're doing this work, having a good time, and doing it fast and doing it well. So, sunglasses dude calls Rabbit, the little gopher dude, go get my gun. And then they go, Rabbit, what's going on? This isn't the way that this is supposed to happen. But Rabbit doesn't know. Well, they get to the end of the of the road. They still have two hours left. And they say to Paul Newman, what do we do now? And Paul Newman goes, nothing. My man. Oh, Luke, you wild, amazing thing. They ah. have two hours. They can just sit and do nothing because they got their work done. You crazy some bitch. <laughs> well, now they're in the barracks and it's raining. So the problem with that is they have to close the shutters, which is their only way of getting fresh air, but it's raining in on Ooh. them. Okay. Um and at this point, George Kennedy has taken has it's like Paul Newman has become his little baby. He anything he does is right. He loves Paul Newman. He's talking about the way Paul Newman could eat beans and cornbread that day. And so then he calls him my boy. And so um, Paul Newman's going. You know what? I'm I'm thinking I could eat fifty hard boiled eggs in one hour in one hour he says 50 hard-boiled eggs and then they're like that sounds like a bet and then he says at what time and he goes "Mm, an hour and they're going a man a man's belly can't hold 50 eggs it's gonna swell up and it's gonna burst and um then uh one of the dudes goes there's only one rule no throwing up so george kennedy goes over to i mean they are betting on this and goes to Luke, what 
why did you say 50? Why didn't you say 35 or 40? He goes, huh? Oh, it sounded like a nice round number. Going to give me something to do. So this is the hard-boiled egg scene that you've at least heard about. Now, this is weird because I'd seen this movie before. But I didn't remember it. Because somehow I remembered seeing this and the version that I remember seeing it in my head was that he did not complete this task. He, oh. he came up short. So that's how I remember. So I'm watching it. And uh, yeah, I was very surprised that the scene unfolded. Well, first, before, before the day of the eggs, he's in training. Mm-hmm. And George Kennedy's trying to stretch his belly out. They give him <laughs> lots of beans to eat so he can stretch his belly out. And he's jogging. And then it's just my, one of my favorite scenes is he says, he's like shirtless. <laughs> George Kennedy is like, we got to stretch that little belly out. And he's just like trying to move his belly around to make it bigger. And Paul Newman has like, no body fat on him and stuff is just trying to make his belly bigger and I'm like yeah I would have loved to have been George Kelly right then make then, it, belly bigger. <laughs> then it's time for the day of I love this scene I thought of you the day of the eating competition he comes in he doesn't have a shirt on but he has his shirt over his shoulders like a cape like a boxer like a boxer he has the towel over his head like a boxer <laughs> And he comes in, and it's go time. So he puts an entire egg in his mouth at a time. I thought he was trying to swallow the egg whole, but he had to do a couple bites of it. Yeah, he had to chew it. And there was a, a whole big to-do because uh, George Kennedy is sh- uh, shelling them for him. And they're like, Feeling no, right, I, thought right. that, I thought that he had to do it. And he was like, look, that wasn't in the rules. I'm holding the money. I'm making the rules. Nobody said that I couldn't peel them from a man. So he gets 25 down, and it looks like he can't do more than that. His belly is sticking out. <laughs> it's sticking out so far. <laughs> he has to get up and walk around. He's got 32 eggs in there. He goes over to the sink, and they just know he's going to barf because yeah. you know, 32 eggs in there. But he just takes a little water, and he puts water on his face, and he comes back. And now we're at uh, Paul Newman Smiles. Now we're at 33 eggs with 24 minutes to go. That's so many eggs. So then George Kennedy and somebody else are walking him around the room because he can't walk himself. He's at 41 eggs. His belly's so big. We have six minutes to go. He's got nine eggs to go. He eats 42. Then we're at two minutes to go, and he's at 44 eggs. At this point, he's lying on the table, and they are pushing the eggs in his mouth. And he has 10 eggs to go. No, he doesn't. He has six eggs to go with 30 seconds. So they're pushing the eggs in his mouth. They're doing the countdown. 10, 9, 8. They get to four. He's got one egg to go, and he swallows it just when they get to zero. And then they go, oh, that egg is still in there. He didn't swallow that egg, so they open his mouth. There's no egg there. He, yeah, he's and he's just laying on the table. With a distended belly, but 
he looks like Jesus on the cross. Yeah, because everyone leaves because they're like, he did it. And they leave him. And he's got that Paul Newman smirk. And as they leave him, he's laying out. His his arms are out like Jesus. His legs. And I'm just his like. Legs, his feet are crossed. Yeah, I'm like, man, that's, I get it. This guy's like Jesus. But I'm like, if they had really leaned into this, this would have been perfect. I guess, is this where blue-eyed Jesus came from? <laughs> they, they saw Cool Hand Luke, and they're like, guys, I've got an idea on how to market this. Well, because he's saving, I mean, all of these shenanigans are saving the prisoners from being bored out of their minds and, you know, being depressed. Just giving them a little bit of joy, I guess. Well, next day, I know Aaron wants to talk about this part. They're in the ditch, and... Uh, it's there, like... Is this the rattlesnake part? Yes. I knew it. Take as, it. As soon as they... Oh, the, the very first frame of this movie, I was like, nope, there's snakes there. I'm yep. out. I don't, I don't like this bullshit. You always hear about people, they say, what do you like to do? They go, I like to go hiking. Fuck that. <laughs> I don't go hiking. You know where I'll go hiking? I'll go hiking in Ireland. I'll go <laughs> hiking in Barbados. I'll go hiking in um, the Alps in the wintertime. Well, everybody's running from the Rattler and uh, jumping out of the ditch because they're trying to they're trying to kill it with their they. Uh, Paul Newman actually had my snake killer was yes. his tool he was using. Now, Did you need to do, you that? do you remember when we went to buy the snake killer? Everybody was like, we were, was it all four of us there? Or was it just the three of us? I think it was just the two of us. Okay, it was me. just the two of us. And I was like, we need a snake killer. And I instantly went for, it has to do something with flooring because it had a square flat heavy metal but it was flat thing and my whole thing was like you just drop this on the snake and it's not gonna move anywhere and then you can do whatever you want but you drop this on its head and you're safe <laughs> and everyone else is, is like looking for wheel like sword wielding things like you ended up getting the yeah the tool that you got as the snake killer is what they used on the chain gang yeah. That like it, raper it thing. And I'm like, that's just a small blade. You can like get both of them. But this is the first thing because you drop it on the head and then it can't move. And then you can cut it right there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Instead so, of like <laughs> just wildly trying to stab at this thing that is like all muscle. It has no appendages. You, you have no idea where this thing's going to move. Which is why the which is why the big ton thing that you had to drop on his head wasn't gonna work. Yeah, it was because you would drop it and it couldn't move. Maybe you wouldn't get like the head and stuff, but at least you you'd pin it. Anyway, Paul Newman picks it up by its tail. Oh. Does that remind you of anybody you know? I, look, no, because I was just trying to get through this scene. I'm, I'm, okay. Like this at this point, at this point, I finished my drink. 
they're, 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 suck the rest of the gin and tonic down completely. It's like, how is this gonna end? He grabs it by the tail. Yeah, my dumbass brother does the same thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but at least that wasn't a rattler. That sucker could have come around, could have swing, swung I, itself I, over and bitten his leg. Yeah, I'm like, Whoa. Uh, of course, Paul Newman, Jesus. Yeah. It's not going to bite him. He's Paul Newman Jesus is what I'm thinking. So Paul Newman's holding it up by its tail and goes, hey, boss man, boss Godfrey, here we go. And of course, sunglasses shoots the head off of it. And I think they really did shoot the rattlesnake. It really did look like it. Because it's on it. And usually usually like when it's a, a snake or something, I but really freak out and stuff. But for some reason, I think it's the power of Paul Newman. Jesus, I didn't turn away. (laughs) Damn, Paul Newman. I'm like, this motherfucker is Jesus. Look at me watching this. And he, and he does it up. I can't, I'm not going to go back and reanalyze it and litigate it and see if, if it's a real snake or not. But just the way that that thing was shot for 1967, I'm like, I, and it's 1967. So this is before I believe they had to be like, no animals were hurt during this. I'm oh, like, I think they like blew the head off that rattlesnake. I think they did. I and think they legitimately Palmer- did that. Paul Newman throws what's left of it up at sunglasses and says, hey, boss, you got your walking stick. Because he always has to have a smart ass remark. Well, he tossed it. I thought he was tossing it because, I'm, uh, again, I know that like this is the South and that's a rattlesnake. I'm like, that's at least a belt. Is it not? Yeah. I don't know if you can get two like shoes out of that, but I I thought that they did stuff like that. That's why I thought he tossed it to him. And then he said something about the walking stick, and I didn't get it because honestly I was like freaked out because I'm like, wow, like I think they just blew off that snake's head. <laughs> and <laughs> honestly, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not really angry about it. I wasn't angry at all. And then he says the thing about the walking stick, and somehow he had his cane, and he, like, tosses it to him. Yeah. And then, and then Dragline is like, oh, snap. Yeah. Like, you better watch it with your comments. And I was, like, these were these seemed like very innocuous things. He picked up the rattlesnake for the boss to shoot, demonstrating how this guy can can shoot and kill anything. Mm-hmm. And then he tossed it to him so he can make a nice belt out of it. And then he said he forgot your walking stick and tossed that to him. I don't know how the walking stick got over to where Paul knew I didn't was, understand that either. But. Okay, well, then a rainstorm comes, a thunderstorm. So because there's lightning, everybody has to get back in the truck. But Paul Newman doesn't get back in the truck. He just stands there and lets the rain pelt him. And he starts yelling at God. Yeah, because you can't tell me nothing. Rain, yeah. you can't tell. You can't just start raining and be like, you can't do work now. You can't tell me nothing. And he's going, go ahead and take me. Take me now. It's fine. Go ahead. Take me. Man. Also, so, then, then you're thinking... Oh, man, this guy has probably seen some shit. I mean, they get, 
He Go did ahead. grab a rattlesnake by its tail. This by guy gives the the fucks that he was issued out have run out. You would think. Well, they're back at the barracks and Luke gets a letter. And he drops it and he walks off to his bunk. And the letter uh somebody there George Kennedy can't read. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody always has to do the reading for him. And the letter says that his mother has died. So he goes to his bunk and, you know, he's the leader of everybody. So everybody's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? They're all just staring at him. He picks up his banjo and he starts singing. I, I wrote down Dashboard Jesus, but it's plastic. Jesus. What is it? Plastic. 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 Jesus. Jesus. And he's he's playing his little banjo and he's singing Plastic Jesus and he's crying. I gotta say, Paul Newman got me. I was like, damn it! Oh, when, the, when his tear fell, I was like, oh, you got me, Paul! Now, did you read trivia about this? Well, he couldn't. It, he was They were supposed to do that on like the first day and he couldn't get playing it right. And they kept pushing it back and pushing it back. And Henry Dean... Because just like Luke, he was not going to give up. Mm-hmm. He was going to play it and sing it. Yeah, you can't tell me nothing. And then Henry Dean Stanton kind of taught him how to do it. So then they did. he did it. And then I think he, he wanted to do it again. And the director was like... Because uh, he said, like, oh, I can do it better. The director was like, no, you can't print that. <laughs> Like, are you kidding me? Exactly. This, yeah. He said, I can do it better. And nobody can do it better than that. Yeah. I mean, that was just perfection. It was. It was. <laughs> well, the next morning, they're all lined up to go, you know, get in the truck to go on the chain gang. And the captain comes out and he goes, Luke, fall out. So Luke has to come over and he goes, you know, when a man's mama dies, man starts thinking about the funeral and he's got a rabbit in him, and he feels like he's got to run, and I got to keep you off the road because uh, I can't have you running away trying to get to your mama's funeral. So instead of the, the chain gang today, you're going in the box. Which I thought His mother was died. Very he hasn't weird. done anything that looks like he's going to run away, and they're putting him in the box? Yeah. I was, I said, okay. I mean, couldn't you just, like, watch him and if he ran, then you just shoot him. Chain <laughs> him to his bunk? I mean. Yeah. So, so the the one guard that has to put him in the box is going, Luke, I'm sorry. It's just my job. I got to do it, my job. And, and Luke goes, I don't make it right, boss. Yeah. Like, he's trying to be like, I, I don't mean anything. This is by my job. And Luke's like, man, fuck your job. You don't have to do this. You know that this is wrong. Right. And everybody knows it's yeah. wrong. And the box is tiny. Right. You can't. You, the only way to sit in the box is to have your knees drawn up. Mm-hmm. You either stand in the box or you have your knees drawn up. I mean, there's no. Yeah. You can't be comfortable in the box. It's, it's a It's a torture thing. Plus, there's no ventilation. It's it's summer in Florida. It's just, it's torture. Yeah. Well, a day and a half goes by. And they open the box and the guard goes, your mama's in the ground. And 
So um, you get to lay in tomorrow and uh, you get to lay in half a day today and then tomorrow's a holiday. So tomorrow's holiday is actually the 4th of July. So they're back in the barracks and there's so much music. Oh, loud music. And the loud music is to cover Paul Newman, who is sawing out the floorboards of the barracks. Now, because do you think that if they hadn't put him in the box, that he wouldn't have thought to escape? Yep. Because he will, you know, that like, oh, we know that you're going to escape and we don't want you to escape. So now you're going in the box. And then he's like, well... I wasn't going to escape, but now that you you put me in the box because you wanted me to escape, I might as well try to escape. Yep. Yeah. I was, yep. I was like, why? that The classic, like, you know, you can't... Everybody's like, oh, you need to treat everybody the same, but there's people that, you, you know, you know, oh, well, this is going to work. Like, this is how I get the best out of this person. Yeah. And this is how I get the best out of this person. And Every teacher knows yeah. that. Yeah. So with Paul Newman, it's like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to go. Usually when somebody dies, when the mom dies, we put them in the box. We don't want them to escape. But I feel like with this guy, if we put him in the box, then he's going to be hell bent on escaping. So why don't we not put him on the box? Right. But, you know, these guys. As as, uh, my favorite administrator always said, fair isn't always equal and equal isn't always fair. Exactly. So... Um, and then the uh, the other inmates are are making sure to distract Carl the floor walker while Paul Newman and somebody else escapes with him too. Yeah, I forget who escapes. Well, he doesn't get too far. No. Paul Newman gets out and they catch the one guy on the fence and then the dogs are after Paul Newman. Release the hounds! So, um... The floor walkers doing the count. There are 50 inmates altogether. He says 48, one's in the box and one's in the bush. Yep. That would be Paul Newman in the bush. So Paul Newman's in a creek because he figures the dogs can't chase him in a creek. The dogs are on his ass. The police show up. He's running along railroad tracks. You so want him to get away, don't you? Get away. Do it, Paul. Do it. The dogs are chasing. He is laughing. And the um, the police are saying he's smarter than the dogs. He's still running. He goes through a pig farm. He gets on more railroad tracks. He jumps in a river. He's swimming. Next scene is the captain back at the prison. The police car pulls up. In the trunk, you're sure is Paul Funny. Newman. But it is it's one of the dogs of ran the dogs. himself to death trying to catch Paul. Like, well, this is 1967. Like, did they kill that dog? They they couldn't have killed that. You know what? They must have tranquilized him. But his, his like... Because he was holding him, and that dog uh, appeared to be dead. Yeah, his tongue was all hanging out. And I'm like, man, this... I don't... I don't like... Like, yeah, that was like a clan dog. But it was... Like, the dog didn't know it was a clan dog. I knew that that part would get you back. I was just like, I think this is some bullshit. <laughs> so George Kennedy's going, he made it. He made it. The dog died. He didn't. 
So next day at the road crew, Captain pulls up. They get Luke out of the car. He is chained. And the captain says, Luke, you're going to get used to wearing them chains, but you're never going to get used to unclinking. And then the captain goes on a tirade. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Um, okay, so. Well, then he um, hits him and he rolls down the hill in that famous scene. Okay. He hits him with the so, gun. Right. You know, they take so him down a notch it, in front of all his peers because they are all, he's, he's Jesus, Luke, to them. And then he hits him, knocks him down, and he rolls down the hill in the chains. So then uh, we see it's time to eat. And he's sitting there eating, and, but he's got a string and he's wrapping the string around his finger. And you don't know what that's for. But later, on the road crew, he says to the boss, he needs to use the bathroom. And they say, go on out there, but you have to shake that bush. Got to keep that bush shaking so we know you're still there. So uh, Sunglasses Dude is shooting at the shaking bush to just let him know, I'm watching you. I'm making sure that you're still out there. Well, what did Paul do? He tied the string to the bush so that he could keep shaking it as he was making his getaway. That's right. Because you can't tell him nothing. At this point, we see our people of color count. This is the people of color count. He comes to a people of color part of town. There is the old guy sitting on the porch. Right, like I think he was about to, kind of taking a nap, maybe, maybe about to take a nap, sitting on the rocking chair, rocking himself. Mm -hmm. We have the woman who is out hanging clothes on the clothesline. She is indeed. And we have these two little boys. And and so the two little boys look at him and go, "Why you got them on?" Looking at his chains around his legs. And so Paul goes, uh, yeah, but you're not strong enough to uh, be able to get him off of me, are you? And they're going, well, sure we are. Sure we are. So Paul goes, well, I think you need to go get an axe. So the little boy tries to bring that axe. Well, yeah, because he it. bets him. He's like, you're not strong enough to to heft an axe. And the little boy's like, yes, I am. He's like, no, you're not. He's like, yes, I am. He's like, no, you're not. It's a very cute scene. And it is cute, and the little boy is just like him. And Tell he, me I can't do yeah. something, I'm going to do it. And, and so then the other little boy is like, well, why don't you go get the axe then? And so he's like, all right, I will. So he goes off, he gets the axe, except he gets the axe and he can't lift it. He's just dragging it. And so then Paul Newman takes it and he's like, let, let me, I better have it. So he goes and he takes the axe, he puts his feet up on the stump, and he starts chomping away at the chains. And then the other little boy says, you're going to take those stripes off your pants? Mm -hmm. You betcha. So he, he rips this. And then he goes, hey, little boy, you got any chili powder? It was like a country store. Mm -hmm. You got any chili powder in there? Bring me as much chili powder as you can. It actually seemed like it was a store and a gas station. Yeah. Which made me think like the one of the little boys. I was like, that little, is that little boy like my dad? 
Yeah. <laughs> the, little, the little gas station. Yeah. <laughs> so that you can hear the dogs. And so as Paul Newman is, is leaving the gas station, uh, like a Royal Farms. Well, wait, the other little boy... The one that couldn't lift the axe. So the little boy goes back because he was like, "Give me, I need you to give me all the chili powder, the cayenne and curry powder. And then the other little boy, he was like moping and sad because he didn't get to try to heft the axe. And so Paul Newman goes to the little boy and he was like, now, look, you're going you're gonna to have some fun in a few minutes. When those dogs come through, I want you to go and watch what happens with these dogs come through. And I want you to, to remember it so you can tell me about it. So... Paul Newman spreads the chili powder, the cayenne, and the curry all on the road and stuff. And he, like, runs away because he takes the stripes from his pants to tie up the the chains around each ankle so he's able to run faster. And he hightails it. So the dogs come through. And and they start sneezing. Oh, yeah. They lose it. They're like, what? Oh, what? Oh, what the hell? They lose his scent, and but and then the the boss they find remnants of the chain and they find the axe. Next scene, road crew is coming in at nighttime. They're in the barracks. It's time for mail, and George Kennedy gets a magazine from Atlanta, and inside that magazine is a picture of. Paul Newman. With? I just saw Paul Newman. Oh, there was a babe on each side. I guess there was a woman on each side of him. I don't know. I can't even tell you what hair color they had. Because I was just like. It was black and white. That's Paul Newman. But they he had the biggest smile on his face. Huge oh my Paul God. Newman smile with two with two women who honestly they weren't us, so I gave zero fucks who they were. <laughs> well, I mean that's all that's all George Kennedy needed. My boy, my boy made it. Look at this. It proves he made it. Oh my gosh, this is the best ever. So he has to hide the magazine, which is called like it's like a field and stream or outdoor field oh. magazine, but this picture is stuck inside it. Oh, I see. Yeah, I didn't get it. I was like, he, did he like produce a whole magazine? What is going no, on? He just stuck the picture inside. Ah. So now we're at the barracks and everybody's bored. And so one of the inmates goes, hey, um, what's his what's his nickname? Dragline. Dragline. Let me see the picture. Just let me see the picture. And he's going, no, what are you going to get me if you do? You don't get to see it for free. Well, I'll give you a cold drink. Mm, that's At which point there's a knock on the door. They bring back Paul Newman and throw him on the floor. Oh, man. And the captain says to him, the first time you run, you get one chain on your feet. Next time you run, you get two. Third time you run. Well, you get shot. Yeah, there is no third time. You got to get your mind right. You got Luke, you got to get your mind right. So they put him on a table because he's been beaten up. And they show him the, they're going, no, look, look what you did. And Paul Newman's going, it's a phony. I had it printed up. It's a phony. It didn't really happen. And then he gets really mad. And it's like, 
you guys need to do something for yourselves. Don't depend on me. Stop feeding off me. I can't breathe. I need to get some air. So it's like it's like Jesus going, you know, you need to get some, something in your own lives. You can't depend on me all the time. Okay. Next scene, it's the chain gang. And Paul Newman's on the chain gang, but he has no energy at all. And he just stops working. And the boss kicks him and then punches him and then puts him back in the box. And George Kennedy's going, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. That box is going to fall apart before Luke calls it quits. Well, he's in the box for four days. Now they're in the food line. He gets out of the box. And they. And one of the rules is you got to clean your plate or you go back to the box. Well, they give him a plate piled high of white rice. And they reiterate, got to clean your plate or you're going back to the box. So uh, the other guys are cleaning their plates. Then they come by and take handfuls of Luke's rice. So they help him so that he can clean his plate so he doesn't have to go back to the box. Yes. And it's very and he watches them as they do it because they had when they brought him back in and he got um and they just threw him on the ground, everyone turned on him. Because they yet. were Well, they hadn't? But they yeah. were cold they were cold to him. Oh well, they, they were mad that he had tricked them. And they were mad that he said, you got to get your own lives. Oh, yeah. He through me. Because when they came back, they were like, well, you, you made it. And he was like, that picture's a fake. Like, you, like, get your own lives and stuff. He basically, you know, I mean, honestly, he was lashing out because he was angry that he got caught. And they right. were making such a big deal about it. And he was like, that was nothing. It was fake. I just had some guy, like, print it up and stuff for me. I paid him to do it. It wasn't real. And right. he's like, get, you know, get your own life. Like, stop looking to me and stuff to save you. Right. And so everyone was kind of cold to him. And then he had, they had said that he had to eat all that rice, like Ma said. And then they, they started helping him. It was, it was almost like an I am Spartacus moment. Yes. You know, the I am, I'm Spartacus, I'm Spartacus. So they're all like, he has to eat all of it. Well, I'm going to help him and I'm going to help him. And they do it silently. They would put their plate down and then they would just reach in with their hand and grab some rice. Because nobody could eat that much rice without their belly exploding 50 eggs later. Yeah. Okay. Well, now they're coming back from uh, being on the chain gang and George Kennedy's going, it's, it's been a week. We get a day and a half off. It's going to be great. You made it. You made it a week. So let's just go and do some relaxing. Uh, except the boss calls Luke over. Mm -hmm. And he draws a little line in the dirt with his cane and goes, see that ditch? It's got your dirt in it. And you got to get your dirt out of boss's ditch. Well, he's like, yeah, so that's the boss's ditch. What's your dirt doing in the boss's ditch? So he has to dig a ditch after working five and a half days. Mm -hmm. So the guys are watching and, and dude is singing to help, you know, lift his spirits. As soon as he gets done digging the ditch, 
boss comes over ditch, and goes, what's ditch, all this dirt doing wait, on wait. my grass? The ditch looks like a, uh, a what's it called? A plot. Like, it's not like, like a, a ditch, a it's a grave. Yeah. And then the oh. boss is like, oh, uh, what's all your dirt doing in my yard? I'm Put it back. So, yeah, so then he has to fill it back in. Then, boss comes over and says, I told you to get your dirt out of boss Keen's ditch. Then he has to dig it back out. Well, so he does. Uh, and then the boss throws him down in the in the. It looks like a grave. Mm-hmm. And he attacks the boss. It's like, I- I'm done. I can't do this anymore. He gets hit. And then at this point, he's digging on his knees. And now it's nighttime and he's still digging. And then the boss comes back and uh, hits him with his cane. And he's lying down in the ditch. And at which point they, they've broken him. He says, yeah. oh, God, boss, tell him not to hit me anymore. And he's he's come, come out of the big ditch and he's holding on to the boss's leg, pleading. And they go, you got your mind right, Luke? I got it right, boss. And it's just pathetic to watch. And the guys can't watch it. They all go back in the barracks. Because they, they can't broke stand, him. Yeah, they can't stand to see that Luke got broke. So they say, okay, Luke, go get cleaned up, get some sleep. And he goes back in the barracks. This is when no one will look at him. Mm-hmm. And he falls down and he holds up his hand to have somebody help him up. And nobody will help him up. And he's like, where are you at? Where are you? Where is everyone? So the he reason start- that they didn't, they turned his back on it was because he was broken. But they watched everything that they made him do. They made him dig the ditch. They made him fill it in. They made him dig the ditch. His mom died. He was in the hole. He escaped. He got brought back. Like all of these things happened to him, and they're they're disappointed that it, he broke because they made him into something bigger than oh, he a was, real person. He can was be. Jesus to them, basically. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so is it, Jesus going to let you down? Well, well, they think he's not supposed to. I mean, I guess no, because the tomb was empty. But Jesus got, uh, like, they, you know, they persecuted him, and then they put him on the cross. Yeah. So it wasn't like Jesus got out of being on the cross. That's right. And then he told everyone, forgive them. They know not what they do. Right. So it well, was kind of like Paul's not ready to forgive everybody. He's going, "Where are you now?" Yeah, this is when I need you. <laughs> this is when you Jesus, Jesus, you needed me all this time. Jesus should have said that you? on the cross. Where are y'all at? Yeah, where are y'all now? That's what could be our Christmas card slogan. Where are y'all at? <laughs> where are y'all at? Where are y'all at? <laughs> okay, next day, chain gang. Well, guess who's the new gopher? Guess who's oh, the new rabbit? Oh, yeah. Luke. They said, Luke, go, uh, water the boys down. So Luke's got the chains and he does the the, the run. That it, Even the guy, the first home, the first rabbit who didn't have chains still did that jog. And, and so he do, he's like, yes, boss, goes and gets it, gives it to the people. Oh, and they have such disdain for him. 
Oh, they hate him now. Right. And then because they think that like they broke him, like, look at him. He's a shell of his former self. And so he goes, he waters it. And then the the boss is like, Luke, go get my rifle. Yes, boss. And then Luke goes and he gets the rifle and he gives it to the boss. The boss shoots a huge snapping turtle in the river. Mm-hmm. Go get it, Luke. Mm-hmm. So he goes He goes and fetches it. Hey, Luke, cut that up and make it for lunch. Yeah. And everybody in the chain gang is going, how did this happen? Look at our man. How, how did our Luke become the new rabbit? Well, uh, so Luke, go cut it up. Make it into our lunch. Yes, boss. So he runs to the truck. He starts the truck. Mm-hmm. And he drives away. Say ya, bitches! Can't tell me nothing! <laughs> well, George Kennedy is running alongside. He's jumps like, into the truck. Oh, Dragline is so happy. He is so happy. So they are on the side of the river, and George Kennedy, Dragline, is cutting branches to hide the truck. they got to get rid of the truck. And then he starts going... Don't hit me, boss. Oh, they really broke me. And uh, all this time, uh, Paul Newman is filing his chains off. And he going, you planned that. You planned that great, Luke. You planned it. And Luke is going, I never planned anything in my life. <laughs> He's like, they really did break me. Did you see what they made me do? I, that's not acting. I'm not Paul Newman. And George Kennedy's going, I know this little road. We go right down here. We go to my house. We're home free. Got a good meal waiting on you. And Paul Newman's going, uh, I'm going to go on my own. <laughs> I don't trust you, drag line. And George Kennedy said, you know, I only had a couple years to do. If I thought about it, um, I probably wouldn't. I, it's just a spur of the moment. I jumped on it. <laughs> but if you're right. We should split up. <laughs> Dragline has some uh, some remorse right now. Dragline's like, what did I just do? What did I do? I just and had that's... like a few more years left. This was like easy. I was running shit. What the hell? But he, he did what Paul Newman's been doing all along, just living on the fly. Mm-hmm. He didn't plan any of it. Well, he's a criminal. He Like, let's not lose sight of the fact that he is in a chain gang for something. And... Just the way that he and what he was saying about Lucille and eyeballing her. I'm like, yeah. he's a criminal. Like, this guy yeah. is it. Let's not go uh, painting him like he's who is Jesus's friend, Paul or something. Like, he's not like this. Is, guy isn't that. He's a criminal. That's true. He does spur of the moment bad shit. That's what he does. And he's having remorse, whereas Paul never had remorse about. Except for digging the ditch and emptying it. Okay, so then Luke runs and he sees this church structure. And he's like, I'm about to, um, guys, excuse me, I'm about to get an Oscar. (laughs) Excuse me. Give me a moment here. I need to have a seat. And so he goes and he has a monologue with God. Hey, old man, you home tonight? It's time for a talk. Uh, he goes, you you got things fixed against me. I just can't win. I started out strong and fast, but you're getting to me. Where does it end? What now? 
So he gets down to pray. And he goes, yeah, right, nothing. You didn't answer anything. That's what I thought. Well, I guess I got to find my own way. At which point, police cars come up. <laughs> and George Kennedy comes in. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Paul Newman looks up to the sky and is like, this is what you give me? <laughs> that's your answer? That's your Thanks answer? so much. All right. We can now call dragline Paul Manafort. <laughs> He's like, I, I squealed. It's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul Newman looks up at, at God and goes, I guess you're a hard case too. And uh, George Kennedy's going, they caught me right after we split up. And they promised, they promised me they wouldn't whip you. They wouldn't do anything to you. They're reasonable men. Just give up nice and quiet. Here he's telling him what to do, so mm -hmm. Paul's going to do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, he can't tell me nothing. So Paul's smiling. He sees all the law outside, and he yells out to him, what we got here is a failure to communicate. Oh, and that, that Paul Newman smirk he has, that Luke smirk. And, oh, what happens, Ma? Gunshot to the throat. <laughs> yeah. They get, They are so sick of Paul Newman. <laughs> They're tired They're of hearing his so voice. So sick of that little smirk that he does. They're just like, nope. Gunshot to the. Oh, like they just shot him in the neck. Cause, at, okay. Full disclosure here. I was sitting up. Cause you know when I watch these movies, I have to sit up. If I sit on my side, I fall asleep. So I'm sitting up, and I at the part where he does the the escape with the truck. I found myself sleeping, sitting straight up. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I All right. Well, I got to call it a night. So I, I woke up to, to do my workout. And I said, well, my workout's an hour. I'll, it's two hours and six minutes. I'll put it at 1.010. And that'll take me through the workout. 1.010? 1.010. It, people will understand what I'm talking about. An hour and ten minutes. They got it. That's my mathematical baby. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm looking at where my workout is, and I'm nowhere near the end. And they shot him in the neck, and I was like, they just shot him in the neck. This is, <laughs> I am not a mathematician. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are not. <laughs> okay, George Kennedy picks him up and walks him out the door, and George Kennedy just. Just goes ballistic on sunglasses. Oh, yeah. At which point they beat George Kennedy. Yeah. They put Luke in the police car. And George Kennedy's going, you hang on, Luke. And one of the um, guards goes, I'm taking him to the prison hospital. No, the cops say you got to take him to the hospital. And the, the prison, the cop captain is like no we're taking him to the prison hospital and the cops are like that's like an hour away he's gonna die and they're like oh well we're taking him to the prison hospital mm -hmm. and the car pulls out and runs over the mirrored reflective Glass. sunglasses but as it does paul newman with his gunshot neck what does he do he's smiling that smiling. paul newman smile uh, and then 
next scene it's raining and the road crew is outside of that church and George Kennedy's telling everything that happened and there's a montage of all of Luke's smiles throughout the whole movie. Yeah, well it go and then it goes back to the picture that was torn up, it was repasted and then it was superimposed over something so it makes the look of the cross again and then it's all his like cool hand Luke smiling thing and it so, was so good then you're like oh you never saw the body just like Jesus mm-hmm. so I was like man they really leaned heavy into they this did. like Luke is Jesus thing why didn't they yeah. call him Jesus <laughs> Jesus Jackson <laughs> oh and then the last shot is George Kennedy with chains on his ankles mm-hmm. The end. The end. Cool, cool hand, hand Luke. Luke. Mm. <sighs> well, I mean, this is the this is the second movie where he's died at the end. What other movie did he die at the end? Oh well, allegedly Butch Cassidy. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, so my trivia is that, you know, that um, that road that they had to tar and, and put the sand on, mm-hmm. they, they the actors really did one mile a road. Yeah, they did that. And they would go to and from the set in those trucks because they, they filmed it in, I believe, in Stockton, California, and they yeah. imported the like the moss to put on the trees and stuff. And Lodi, California, Lodi, is, Lodi. I'm sorry, uh, is where they left the meters. Uh, that's where they filmed the where he was taking the the meters off the traffic meters off the parking meters, mm-hmm. and they left those off for years so that the tourists could come and see that street. Mm-hmm. Um, for the egg scene, they they hard boiled like two hundred eggs. Paul Newman only actually ate like eight of them, but the rest of the crew ate the rest. They said the next day it smelled really bad from all the flatulence. Lots of farts. Jack Lemon was originally considered to be Cool Hand Luke. Well, his production he- company, Jalem, was uh, J-A-L-E-M, you know, Jack Lemon. He that was the productions that produced the movie, and so yeah, right. he and Telly Savalas. Oh, Telly Savalas would have been awful. Well, Telly Savalas was on the set of Dirty Dozens, and he didn't want to fly back. Thank goodness. And Jack Lemon realized, like, I don't think I'm cool enough to play cool Hand Luke. Yeah, he wasn't. But they, uh, but the people did feel that Paul Newman was too slight, too small to play cool. Well, Hand. the people would be Don Pierce, and Don Pierce is the one that wrote the book Cool Hand Luke, and he was a merchant seaman, and then he became a counterfeiter and a safe cracker, and he served in a chain gang in Florida, and. Mm. He was served as a technical advisor on the film, and he also played a sailor in it, I think one of the convicts early on. And then the last day of shooting, he punched someone, and he was not invited to the premiere. And then when they asked him about it, he said that he didn't like the film. He thought that Paul Newman was 
What did he say? That, that he thought that Paul Newman... Um... He thought he would. He didn't think Paul Newman was right for the role. He was so cute looking and too scrawny, and he wouldn't have lasted five minutes on the road. Hmm. And I'm like, well, Don Pierce, you sound jealous. And there, there had been a prison movie before this that didn't do well. They didn't know if it was going to do very well. Well, Paul Newman on the set, he had a feeling. He was like, I think this is going to be a good picture. It was. Mm -hmm. So Sunglasses Dude, evidently, he actually had some lines, but his voice didn't match his persona. So the only line he was allowed to say was, get me the rifle. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and Betty Davis was offered the role of Arletta. Yeah, and she, she turned it accept. down. Which I like that Joe Van Fleet was good, but... I would have liked to have seen Betty Davis in that role. Would have been interesting. Mm -hmm. And Joan Van Fleet was only 11 years older than Paul Newman. Yeah. So. Well, that's all my trivia. Oh, well, the musical sequence from the tar sequence, that was used in many ABC stations, local TV news for like years. Oh, wow. Um, and it kind of did sound familiar to me. Like when I heard, it, I was like, do I know this? Because I know this is a cool hand Luke. And then when I read that, I, I said, I wonder if I just know this from my childhood. Um, let's see. Okay. So it was nominated. Paul Newman was nominated for best actor. George Kennedy was nominated for best supporting actor. He actually won, and he spent $5,000 of his own money to buy an advertising, basically the for-year consideration, because oh. they didn't have those. Now, everybody spends so much money, especially out here in Los Angeles. You'll see it on street signs, on billboards. Everybody's going to, especially it's the fall now, everything's like for your consideration. It's all these people are like, hey, check this out for your consideration. Mm. But he was one of the first people who spent his own money to take out an advertising. It's like, hey, guys, me, George Kennedy and Cool Hand Luke. I was awesome. And it worked. It, it was his worked. only nomination and so obviously his only win. Yeah, and he always looked at it as a great, fantastic investment because the second that he won, he stopped having to play criminals and his paycheck oh. went up. So he was right. like, that was good. Um, well it done. was also nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. It was nominated for Best Original Score. I, th I was like, who beat out... Uh, Paul Newman for Best Actor. Yes, who did? The 1968 Academy Awards. Listen to this roundup. Paul Newman for Cool Hand Luke. Warren Beatty for Bonnie and Clyde. Mm -hmm. Dustin Hoffman for The Graduate. Mm -hmm. Spencer Tracy for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Spencer Tracy won. And the winner was Rod Steiger for In the Heat of the Night. <gasps> the Heat of the Night. Talk about a murderer's row. I mean, wow. look at those. Everybody knows those movies. There isn't an artist among here. 
Remember the artist? One best picture? Yeah. I never saw the artist. How many people remember the artist? That's not what people are saying here with these movies. Yeah. Wow. That's a lineup. I was like, dang. Because I was like, who beat this man? And then I read it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Paul Newman didn't get an Oscar until Color of Money, right? No, he won for the verdict. Wah, wah. <laughs> he didn't get an Oscar till the verdict, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All righty. Well, Aaron. Guys, I thought... I got my times messed up. I totally thought that this was the last. I was like, oh, I don't need to pick a movie because I totally thought that our next movie was going to be, um, what's it called? Because it was going to be the wedding and I was going to come back. And when we, when I come back, that's when A Star is Born comes out. And there was all these things in here of how there was A Star is Born. And so I figured that the next one was just going to be A Star is Born. And you'll notice when you were talking and, and you didn't hear a word from me was when I, I realized, <laughs> like, oh, shit, there's a, there's a, I'm here next weekend. I almost said to you before we started, do you have a movie picked I out? need to pick out a movie. Oh, you are so funny. And so that's when I was like, oh, crap, what am I going to pick out? Because I had, like... I mean, it's Paul Newman, so you have you have the sting. You have I was like, oh, and then there's also the color of money, which I was totally mm-hmm. gonna do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in true, you can't tell me nothing fashion. Cool hand Luke, I plan nothing. Mode of operation. I thought it was only fitting that I just pull a movie out of my ass. Well, you are good at that. Yes. So, next week, we're doing 1966. Struggling Private Eye. Lou Harper. That's right, people. We're doing 1966 Harper. 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 I don't think I've ever seen it. I well, saw HUD, Ombre, you know, the H movies from him. Yes. Harper. I I was, because I was looking up when, you know, when the movies came and in what order. And like, oh, he was, and they mentioned that he was a lush in Harper. And I'm like, hmm, Harper. And then I saw Struggling Private Eye. And I was like, I'm in. All right. Takes a simple takes a simple missing person case that quickly spirals into something more complex and then it and then here were the two words that sealed it for me as i was recording this podcast i looked down i was like paul newman private investigator check check lauren bacall well, we're we doing said this last, movie. Last week, what's your name? Looked like Lauren Bacall. I, I was like, then I am completely in. Oh ma, I'm looking at the cast of this. There is a cast. One Robert, suspicious death. Natalie Wood Wagner in it. Whoa. 
So there you have it. Oh, that sounds fascinating. Plus, I felt like we needed to keep some of the big name ones for next year's September of Paul Newman. Well, yeah, and that, and then I, I was gonna go with the color of money. That was, I was like, ah, the sting. I'm like, we'll do the sting. And then I was like, I like the color of money because I like seeing like older Paul Newman. But then after spending so much time with young Paul Newman, I was like, why are we in such an age to spend so much time with old Paul Newman? Let's <laughs> let's keep it like young Paul Newman. Oh, wow. That, that's going to be fascinating, listeners. I was like, Harper, I, I got it like all week. I was like, I don't have to. We're not doing one next week. I don't have to come up with anything until I was like. No, you dumbass. <laughs> nah. Nope, there's another week before there is the another, wedding. There is another week. I'm like, oh. Okay, funny. listeners, next week? Harper. Harper. Okay, see you then. Bye-bye. <laughs>